Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Unraveling. I am here today with Miss Callie Fitzgerald. She is the owner of Centrally Rooted here in Dubuque, Iowa. It's a nonprofit uh, organization that helps kids through music and mindfulness and uh so many different tools. She's also a really great musician and writes all of her songs and has special like, anyway, she'll have to tell us more about that. But I know she's got CDs and CDs. Who uses CDs anymore? You know what I mean? She's got music that she sells for that are all the songs you've created. Is that right, Callie? Yeah, that is correct. And I appreciate that you call them CDs because you are accurate. hundred percent. There are CDs. And while there- some people know what they are, a lot of people say, I, I don't own a boom. I don't have a CD player. <laughs> but, um, thank you for having me today. I'm really, really excited to get vulnerable with you. <laughs> yes. To unravel. Let's unravel stuff. We've got some really good topics that are going to come through today. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited too. Thanks for being here, Callie. Yeah. Do you want to just dive right in? What's 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 up most for you right now? What are you unraveling in life? Because we're always unraveling something. Yeah, um, I think right now I'm showing up to unravel the thing. It's a very recent unraveling for me, so it feels very tender. Yeah, um, but it feels really big and powerful too. Um, and it keeps showing up and it won't go away. So I better start paying attention to it. And it is something I think a lot of people struggle with. It is simply enoughness and Mm -hmm. am am I enough? Um, and so that's when, when I knew this podcast was coming up, I knew I had an opportunity to, look inside and really be honest about why things come up for me or where that even comes from and how that could possibly be. You know, I think that we are definitely our own worst critic and I can make a list of all the things I accomplished in a year or two years or a lifetime and look at it. And a logical mind says, of course, that's enough. You're doing great. You're knocking it out of the park. And then my emotional mind says otherwise. So so that's where I that's where I'm digging into today. Enoughness. Mm, such a, a big juicy topic for sure that nobody is immune to dealing with that feeling of being enough. It's yeah. part of the human condition. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Where do you feel it showing up most right now? Is it in your like the things you're creating in Centrally Rooted? Is it in your personal life? Is it in everywhere? Um, It's 
it's kind of been everywhere and it's something I didn't really realize was even there. It was just kind of, um, what happened was, um, I have, I'm an emotional person by nature and I think that we all are. So anybody that feels that they're not, I think maybe just soften to that a little bit. Um, because we all, that's what makes us human. Right. Um, but recently I had an extremely emotional reaction to something and my lovely husband got to take the brunt of it. Um, as that often is the case, the people that we love most see us at our worst. And, um, and I, and I got really upset, sobbing, screaming, all the things that I don't want to do. I want to stay emotionally regulated. I want to have communication and, it's so tempting to be like, ew, that part of me is so shameful and embarrassing. And why did I act like that in retrospect? And instead of just stopping there this time, I, I've i been reading a lot about internal family systems. Do you know internal family systems? I do. I, I know it well. You know it well. Of course you do. And I absolutely love it. I've been reading about it for about a year a half maybe and in my own way practicing it and that's what I decided to do in the situation and I um I took some time to ask that part of myself what what what's going on <laughs> why are you freaking out here and softening and spending time with that part and what came up for me was this little girl um probably about 8 years old something like that. I was, I was raised in a beautiful family of four children. I am the third of four and my parents are both lovely humans. And I feel that I was raised in a very safe environment and we all show up for each other. And I feel extremely fortunate for that. But also I grew up an environment that was fast paced and busy and um, competitive and I felt that I only, this little girl recently that I discovered needs to feel valued. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like the world was spinning around me so fast that I only got attention when I was in a performance or when I won a game or, 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 or when I had a very emotional reaction to something And then I would be called that word dramatic. And that would just, it just created a wound in me where just hearing that word is like a dagger. Because what I realized is that that was just this little girl saying, I need to be connected with, I want to feel valued. And even just talking about it now, I'm like, it's okay, little girl, (laughs) you're talking about it. You're doing the work. I got you. Um, but it's, it's really, it made me feel a lot of empathy for her and a lot of understanding for why I've had emotional reactivity. It's because it's me calling out to say, I want to feel valued just because I am not because I did something that serves attention. Yeah. So, so, um, so as as luck would have it, I recently was able to go on my own little getaway um, and spend a lot of time by myself. And I 
I wrote this letter about, you know, the, what this little girl needs to be, what she needs to feel is value. And I wrote a letter to her when I was in the airplane, which I always cry when I'm in airplanes. <laughs> I don't know what that is about. I don't know if I'm the only one. I think my brother has said this no. too. Do you cry in airplanes? Not every time, but yeah, I, I, yeah. So I'm writing this letter to the little girl and I, I, it's too much. I got to put my eye mask on and pull my sweatshirt up. I'm like silently sobbing into my, <laughs> my poor neighbors next to me. So I get to where I'm going. And a couple of days later, I'm like, I'm going to read back in my journal entries. And, um, I, I just, upon reading it, I start crying again. And so that's my indication. Like, Oh, she's, she's here. She needs more. Attention. <laughs> and, um, I told, I read the letter out loud to her and here I am on a beach in Costa Rica and I, thankfully nobody's around and which it's fine if they were, but I needed nobody to be around. And I'm reading this letter out loud and I'm sobbing and I'm telling her, I'm sorry that you feel that. I'm sorry that, you know, nobody felt you made you feel, I had siblings who for the most part, I felt like a nuisance around and parents who were working so hard that I get it now as a parent, like they just didn't have a minute. Right. Um, and, um, I told her, you know, thank you. Thank you for showing up and thank you for letting me know that. And thank you for protecting me all these years. And then I let her know I'm a 38 year old woman. I have this great life. I got this now. You can take a back seat and go enjoy it. I asked her, what do you need? What do you need from me? And she said, just play with me. And I'm like, heck yeah, girl, let's, this is our week. Let's go play. And I took she and I into the ocean and we just jumped and laughed and cried and dove around for like an hour and a half. And the whole, it was just like this really, it was really beautiful. It was a really beautiful um, moment for me. And it's, it sounds like a little woo woo to the people that are hearing about internal family systems for the first time, but it works miracles because I feel like I have so much more love for myself and where I'm at now. And what I'm noticing already, this is very recent, is that my relationships are changing with people because I've accepted that I get to decide what is enough for me. In my whole life, I've been a people pleaser, third child, make everything okay for everybody else. And as if I'm waiting for validation for from other people to say, oh, that's enough. No, now that's, do one more thing and then that's enough. When right. I'm like, screw that. I get to decide who is enough. Um, and, and one thing that I've noticed as a pattern in my relationships, particularly my romantic relationships in my life, is that at some point down the line, my partner will always say to me, I don't feel like I'm enough for you. And when I hear that phrase, I think that we're doomed. We're going down that path again. Like we might as well break up now, you know? And yeah. after, after this kind of work, I'm already realizing as soon as I know that I'm enough, I also know that my partner is enough. Mm. So it's sort of like I was using them as my own reflection without even knowing it. Oh, wow, Callie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so it feels great. It feels like a lot of um, 
feels like a lot of work, but I feel such relief in doing this kind of work. It is a lot of work, you know, like nobody wants to go deal with those wounded little children inside of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I, I just did some IFS yesterday myself. So it's funny that you're bringing that up or some people have maybe heard me refer to it as parts work. I've done an episode. If you are curious, go back through the um, podcasts and you'll see one that's entitled something with parts work. I don't exactly remember, but if you're like, what, what are they talking about? So internal family systems, parts work, it's the same thing. Uh, Yeah. So I just did a process yesterday. Um, I had a scared, I'll just share too. Like I had a scared little four-year-old that um, when I was living, I spent the first three years of my life living with my grandparents and Mm. my mom, but I also got to see all my uncles and there was just a lot of safety. And then my mom moved us to a tiny apartment in Fort Dodge and it was just me and her. And that's when the, and just what I was doing yesterday, cause all this stuff is coming up for me around the move. And mm. I'm like, what is going on? So I did the process, you know, and I saw how terrible of a time, how unsafe of a time that was for me and how much is there. And almost like a terror, like a terror feeling. So um, that doesn't really connect with enoughness. I've got my own stuff with enoughness, but I just want to share that I'm sharing that because I want people to see that, like, like Callie said, this is, it's a process you can use that really does work in helping you move through. Yeah. Ever is coming up for you and you'll know if it feels really panicky and really like edgy or terror or fear like that's that means it's a wounded part and and in parts work sorry I'm totally going on a tangent here not to get too out there with parts work but it those parts of us can actually kind of take us over mm-hmm. and what's called blending so you actually then become the four-year-old or the eight-year-old acting out mm-hmm. and for some people that might be like Aaron that sounds like multiple personality disorder it's not but these little wounded parts of us when there is a threat in the external environment they just take us over yeah and we're like why did I just yell why did I just freak out on my kids or my husband or why am I so scared about moving to Florida <laughs> yeah 100% right? yeah, yeah absolutely another like unrelated part that I've done other work with is jealousy. And mm-hmm. I I always know what parts need attention because they're the parts that I don't want to talk about. They're the parts that feel right. ugly or yeah. like, I don't want that part of me. Okay. I guess that means I better pay attention to it because yeah, it, it needs something. It needs something in order for it to have a different job, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been really cool to go down that journey. Um, and it's really cool if you have a partner that can go there too, because for me, he's also doing his own IFS journey alongside a professional that's, you know, trained in it, which is really great. Um, but I feel like I've never felt so comfortable and loved because mm-hmm. I can, I feel the freedom to show these parts and to share these parts. And he, when I do have the bravery to do that, he 
understands my reactivity to something and forgives a lot, you know, when, when, he, when we can understand each other better. That is yeah. so important. Yeah. Where else is enoughness? Like what else is coming up with that? I don't, I'm like trying to get us back to the enoughness. Cause I do think that's such a big topic. Um, yeah. Is it, is it, it sounds like since you've done that process, you're noticing a lot of things changing. I am. And it's wonderful. And also I, I think it's so insidious, this enoughness, because it's such a regular part of our thought processing that, um, you know, I, it, you can call it enoughness. You can call it imposter syndrome. It has all these different labels that we put on it, but, um, I, I'm trained as a music educator and a music therapist, and I am operating as a CEO of a nonprofit. I'm all about life throwing all the things that we're not expecting at us and rolling with them. And there's something in me that has been wanting to prove that you can do it, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it. And it feels so hard. Like, okay, as soon as Ruby's to bed, go back to work. Okay. Get up at five, go back to work. And it's like, what the, you're enough. It's enough. And if there are pieces of this CEO position that don't work for me, find somebody else to do them that is actually, you know, educated in what grant writing or billing and payroll, you know, the pieces that, um, you know, there's one thing to be adaptable and be able to learn new tricks and all that, but it's also another thing to say that one's not for me. And actually that's the title of one of the song, the mindful musician songs that are, that's on this new album. So my, Mindful musicians are parent-child classes or caregiver-child classes that try to instill coping skills in little kids from the very beginning of life because one of the only things we all have in common is that we are going to suffer. And that sounds like a really negative outlook, but I don't see it as that. I see it as a reality. And so why aren't we giving kids the skills that they need before they need them instead of after they need them. And so basically sometimes in my writing, my own work that I'm doing comes forward. And this is an example of that. And the lyrics are, um, now I'm going to draw a blank, but it's basically, can I just play it for you? Like just, I don't know if we'll be able to hear it, but still just do it. I'll put it right below that. Sometimes with Zoom, you have to have like something fancy. Are you playing it right now? No. Okay. Can you hear it? It's cutting, cutting in and out. Okay. So it says, now I got it. I I can do my best. I know I can try my hardest. I know if it doesn't feel right, then I'll stop. And then it's like, and I'm still enough. And it goes on and talks about like the ability to say, I'm going to try it. Then I'm not going to quit right away. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to even try it again, but it's also okay for me to say, I'm done. That's not, that's not for me. And, you know, as like, as a child, it was like, you can't quit that. You can't quit that. You made a commitment. You gotta, you gotta do it. And I struggle with that, even with my own child, you know, um, 
because it's important to instill commitment too. But at the same time, it's important to know this doesn't feel good to me. I'm going to stop. Oh my gosh, Callie. Can we just talk about how you just took your own pain and turned it into (laughs) something, a tool that can help others. And like, by the way, like how do adults get access to that song? Because I think I need it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's all a work in progress. Um, I will say this last album is like the one that I'm like, I kind of want to jam to that album. And the other ones feel more like child, you know, child music. But this one feels like, oh, am I listening to that song alone in my car? (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Let us know. Seriously. That's amazing. Thanks. I love that so much. And it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, like the proving yourself, um, being performance-based because of how you grew up. I have some of that as well. I was, I got attention when I ran cross country and track, like that's, my mom would come to those things, but anything else was just like, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, unless I got bad grades. So again, the performance piece of like doing it perfectly, um, being the fastest, being the best. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, that wires your brain that like, that's again, the only way you get value. Right. Right. And, and the whole idea of productivity in our society, it's really unhealthy. I think, you know, I, I just, I'm still unraveling myself from that idea and it, and it takes active thought to take control of the, you know, to take, your brain has such power when you take control of your thinking it's more powerful than anything because you don't, you get to choose if you believe something and it doesn't become the truth until you believe it. And that takes continuous checking in of nope, nope, nope. My brain just said that, but that's not, I don't believe that. That's not true. I don't believe that if I only worked out for 15 minutes and that's what I have time for today, it's, it's, that's what I have time for today. And I'm, I'm proud that I moved my body and my heart got a little bit of, you know, challenge and that's good. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I think that's going to be a forever monitoring in all of us because it's not just for most of us parentally instilled, but definitely throughout our society, it's just so prevalent. So you're just going to constantly have to monitor that within yourself. Like, you know, am I putting pressure on myself or is this pleasurable? And is this something I want to be doing or is this something I should be doing because that's what other people think. And yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just I, I want to shout out to the parents and mine, too, because I feel that when people go do this work, this internal work of self-growth, the parents are the easiest target for the people that screwed up and did made the bad choice. And and I just I feel for them and I and I have no anger towards my own parents. I feel that they made whatever choice they had to make in each given situation and, and still, so that's, I guess this is the people pleaser in me coming out. Right. Because it's like, I want everybody to know you're good We're not mad at you. We're not mad at you. Something up. You're still good. I still love you. And I am where I am today because of those experiences. But it's not just parents, it's siblings, it's variables, yeah. experiences, yeah. it's students at school. It's a bunch of different crap. So yeah, there's um, so many variables as you said yeah yeah 
No, I think it's a good point. And a lot of parents listen to this podcast. So always, and in my work, you know, I'm working with the subconscious and like clearing stuff that has been programmed since we were kids and all of that. A lot of it comes from parents. And I, I always see the moms in the room when I'm doing this work, just like all this like heavy energy coming over them. Cause they're like, Oh, especially those with adult children. Oh, I really messed up my kids or I'm messing up my kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really good point to make. It's, and I always tell people, your kids chose you for the good, the bad, the ugly, and yes. the amazing. They chose you. They need all of it. I would not be sitting here where I am today if my mom hadn't been the way that she was. I believe so, that. Yes, I'm still working out <laughs> all the things from that experience of my life. But, you know, we seek out this kind of work when we've been through a lot. And so I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without that. And so it, it's all perfect somehow and it's never what it looks like. And you can always start from where you're at right now with what you know right now from this podcast even. Yes. And you can yes. make changes. And even if your kids are adults, by you changing, you can heal seven generations forward and seven generations behind you. That is a spiritual principle that I believe in my bones to be true. You do your inner work and it's going to, it's going to go out in ripple effects. Maybe not in the way you think it should look right. But anyway, sorry, that was just like a big, (laughs) that was a big energy that just went, it needed to be said. It did need to be because, you know, I've been talking a lot about this as well is that people are like, Oh, it's too late for me. My day, I've already had my opportunity. My graves are already dug. No, it's not. You're here talking about it. Do it. Do it now. And like, I I heard this analogy about our our lives being like a bow and arrow, and the bow is our past. And if mm-hmm. we want to move forward, we got to travel with the arrow. Be grateful that the bow existed, but gear with the arrow, keeping Ooh. with the arrow, not with the bow you know so yeah I think it's just never it's never too late to retrain your to retrain your thoughts which brings us back to a conversation we were having prior to the um actual recording of the podcast and that is I feel like I am in such an abundant place in my current life and I'm so grateful for it but in part it has to do with how I have decided to train my thoughts into what I'm seeing around me Cause it's, if you see the abundance, the abundance will multiply. And if you see the struggle, the struggle will multiply. And well, thanks. It just feels like, how did I not know that? I mean, I think I did know that, you know, we all know that, but it really takes practice and awareness to catch our thoughts, our automatic thoughts of, you know, oh, poor me, whatever. No, no, this is all good. It's all where it's meant to be. Right. Well, it's so easy to focus on the negative. The negative is always louder than the Mm -hmm. positive. And the majority of the people around pretty much any of us are tuned into that. So it's misery loves company. So we can just like, oh, yeah, this is happening to me. And this is happening to me. And, you know, and it's, it's easy to get in that. It's much easier to get in that lane. So it takes effort, in my opinion, it takes effort to focus on the abundance because that's not what the majority of people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that 
if there are people that are listening that are like, well, how do I even like, I don't, how do I even start? I, I heard something recently that was like, you don't have to care about yourself to care for yourself. And especially for people that are like struggling with depression or anxiety, I think that that's a good thing to remember. I don't have to, you know, because thankfully that's not where I feel I am. I, I love myself very much, but there are people who don't. And um, I would say drink a glass, choose a glass of water over a glass of soda, you know, little things where you're caring for yourself as if you were somebody you care about. And then eventually all that caring for yourself will help you to care about yourself. Yeah. Um, right. I love it. And, and again, it, it starts with your thoughts. So if you've got a lot of like, let's say you like right now, I've got some low back pain from like lifting a bunch of heavy stuff. If that's all where I put my focus, then I, you know, it's like, well, what about my big right toe? Like where in my body is not feeling pain? And can oh. I have gratitude for that instead of, oh, my low back hurts. Like, yeah. oh, I really messed it up. Oh, it's going to be hard to move the rest of this week. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it's simple, just shifts in thought, like you just said, from the struggle to what's abundant. You might not think your big right toe is abundant, but if there's not pain there, that's abundance, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What we don't perceive is sometimes there are all the gifts waiting around us. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh my gosh, Callie, this was so, so good. So many good nuggets. I know. I feel like I'm healing right now just talking about it. So thank you. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I love these conversations so much. They're so juicy and real and raw and it's just, they just light me up. So thanks for, for doing that. Yeah, is there same. anything... Is there anything left? Is there anything else you want to share? Because everybody feels not enough in some area of life. So even if they're listening and I'm like, I'm, and they're like, I'm good. There's probably some sneaky little area where not enoughness is showing up. Is there anything you want to say? Just speaking to people that feel not enough at times. Um, I think that another thing I just heard was Sometimes these affirmations feel a little too out there to people like, oh, I'm just, I'm just saying these words and they don't mean anything to me. So rather than just repeating a phrase that means nothing to you, if you, if you truly like, don't feel like enough right now, instead of saying I am enough, I am enough and trying to make that your reality, try to find what is a statement of truth for yourself um, and then focus on that instead of, you know, if, if I am enough feels like too big of a thing to say to yourself. Um, so whatever that could be for you, I am a kind person or something like yeah. that. Something that's inside though, not like I have a cool sweatshirt on. Like what? That's not about <laughs> you. <laughs> um, right. But, but yeah, um, it's, I think that be gentle with ourselves. I think the strongest thing you can do in this life is to be soft and it takes a lot of bravery to be soft. So yes. Something so sorry, something else is popping in. Um, my therapist once said, uh, with the not enoughness, he's like, for what? Not enough for what? Mm. And I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, yeah, you're not enough to be an astronaut because you haven't studied how to do that. He's like, but not enough for what? So I don't know. That's a little bit harsher of a way. To oh, I love it. it. But it's a great. For what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
right? Not enough for what? Like what are, you know, so Mm -hmm. in that question, you start to separate the story from, Mm -hmm. yeah, from what? What am I not enough for? I'm a human being living on planet earth. Like, I gotta write that one down here. And and yeah, it's like, I am exactly who, where, why I'm supposed to be. And that's, that's it. That's enough. Yeah. Um, Not enough for what? what (laughs) Turn down the what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, I mean, the only other thing I want to call attention to is that this is the exact sort of stuff that built the mission of Centrally Rooted. Um, It was built out of brain health and specifically a a loss to suicide. So um, Mm -hmm. the intention behind Centrally Rooted and Mindful Musicians is to help people see their worth and help them from the beginning know that they are enough. And to have resources when these things happen and expect adversity to happen because it is going to happen. And then, you know, you have a community to rely on. But I think that the creative element to Centrally Rooted is really beautiful because playfulness is where these little children live. And when we are in play or in creative places, our core, our soul is thankful and lit up and the best parts of us shine through. So um, we don't just serve children. I think that our programming primarily, we have to start somewhere. And so we do have a lot of children's programming, but I would really encourage anybody that is curious about what we do to check out our website because there are, you know, pop-up classes for adults and we're going to be having a really cool series in 2024 um, that deals with a lot of this kind of stuff that I'm really excited about. Um, But also, you know, shamelessly got to say, this is our first year as a nonprofit that we are going to be doing some end of year giving um, asks. So if what we are doing also resonates with you and what you want to be supportive of in this community, um, please, please support us in, in whatever way is comfortable for you. I love it, Callie. Thank you so much for all you shared. Thanks for being here. This is great. Thank you. Yeah, this was amazing. So much gratitude to you. Ditto. All right. Thank you all for listening and check out centrallyrooted.com. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Centrallyrooted.com to check out what they've got going on. And you'll find some links below this video and or podcast. All right. Thanks all for being here. We'll see yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you are enough. And yes, we also know, like Callie said, You can't just repeat that, you know, there's other actions you have to take, but just know that, that you are enough and enough for what? Cause you're alive. (laughs) Cause you're alive. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.